Cash Color Canvas podcast sponsored by Greenhouse Bliss. Find out more about their vegan, kosher, GMO-free CBD products at GreenhouseBliss.com. Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation on LiveHipHopDaily.tv, sponsored by Greenhouse Bliss. And I'm with my special guest, Dr. Felicia Dawson. How are you doing, Dr. Dawson? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I think I was here the moment you realized YouTube had TV. You know, like, like I, I feel honored to be part of that moment. <laughs> she was amazed. Like, they have TV <laughs> or YouTube? I was this year's old when that happened. Oh. This year's old, man. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a, it's been a while, but I, I, I'm, I'm honored to have you on here discussing your life and how you found cannabis and your thoughts on Georgia and everything. Thank you. No problem, man. Well, first of all, let's, let's, let's talk about those, some basics. How did you find your way into medicine? You know, um, I, I know that you were a gynecologist and you had a thriving practice of your own. Like, mm-hmm. how, how did you find yourself there? Well, my mom is a nurse. Okay. And I've always wanted to do something in healthcare. She used to be an emergency room nurse, actually. And I would hear good stories. Oh, scary. Hear mm. stories uh, every day. So I was like, um, you know, I wanted to be everything from a pharmacist to a hospital administrator. And then my mother claims uh, at, at age 12, I said, well, so my who is the boss at the hospital? She said, the doctor. I said, oh, okay, that's what I'll be then. <laughs> so I want to be the boss in the, in, in the building. That's not really true, but, you know. Yeah. I was thinking that the doctors don't run the building, do they? No. No. That's like that's Grey's Anatomy stuff. Like they they're not. Yeah, you say like it's TV stuff. Like that's not no. reality. <laughs> that's crazy. So and so you did get into medicine and you st- and your practice was gynecology, correct? Yes, obstetrics and gynecology. Mm-hmm. I I um, delivered baby probably a couple thousand babies, and I stopped delivering in two thousand eight mm-hmm. because I was starting to fall asleep at the wheel. Ooh, like li- like literally like somebody's delivering a baby like you're falling asleep or just I well, I, well I have I have not at all when people were pushing you're like uh, oh okay we still at this okay you know? <laughs> but uh, uh, but I'm saying like when I'm driving home after the delivery I'm um, oh. falling asleep at the wheel so I I had to give it up now that's a job I did want to do like thanks to Heathcliff Huxtable and and, mm-hmm. and the Cosby Show I legitimately wanted to be a gynecologist even though I mean an obstetrician though I didn't fully get what it was mm-hmm. I just thought it would look dope because he was doing it I didn't understand that you had to push out a whole child like multiple times like you did thousands of babies yes. That's crazy. So what's it like being that person? You know, like watching life come, in, come into the world like that. It, it is such a blessing and an honor. Yeah. Um, I love to see grown men cry when their <laughs> baby is born. Um, I love baby's breath. It's so, uh, it smells so good. And um, it's just a happy time in general. Yeah. Now, things can get ugly very quickly in obstetrics, but um, overall, it's a happy feel. Mm, I bet you it could get ugly. You know, like it's just it's it's, it's you know life is life. You know, mm-hmm. and what you're doing is watching a a a person become born. Ooh, but I get the chills even thinking about that, like the blood and all the stuff that could come from. Exactly, it. you the feel me? Bleeding like, is not a good thing in, in obstetrics. <laughs> no, no, no. What were some of your fun your your favorite moments of doing that? One time, because I trained at Grady, um, was there oh. as a medical student as and a resident. Um, a lady came off the elevator and. She was went into like she was about to she delivered on the ground and I all I had time I, I didn't even have time to put on gloves, and I just delivered the baby with my bare hands and um, you know it was kind of a little scary because that's when you know AIDS was starting to happen and all those kind of things but that was probably one of my more exciting times. I couldn't do it. Yo, I, I used to be a security guard when I was in college and I used to work in a place called Saito in Charlotte. Um, they do um, OnStar, you know. 
And there was this call center, so there's a lot of women in there, and there was a, a lot of women who were pregnant. Mm-hmm. And our job was if anybody's water broke, we had to run and go help them. And then, why the police and ambulance came? I swear to goodness, one job I did not. Anytime that happened, yo, you had to go get, you had to come find me. <laughs> like, I do not want to be there when that happens. Like, and I, I used to tell all the pregnant women, like, please do not get birth on my shift. <laughs> Just pick another shift. Don't do this when I'm here. I'm going to be here from 3 to 11. After then. Leave it on. Leave it on them because I don't want to see that. I want to be part of it. I pass out. I, I already see me. I pass out to do that. Well, that's probably how I feel about heart attacks. Like you know, on the on an airplane, it says, "Is there a doctor on board?" Like if they're not having a baby, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, get a real doctor. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so, but you did have a you. You were a you were a thriving practice. You know, for, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, uh, twenty two years, I think. That's crazy. About twenty two years, yeah. Yeah, and you stopped. You stopped your your, your women for women practice in two thousand sixteen. That's correct. And you stopped that for a reason. You wanted to get into cannabis and help and be on activist for cannabis. It was for a, it was a combination of two reasons. One okay. the one was. I was getting tired of the business of medicine. Mm. I actually love teaching patients how to be healthy and and learning and teaching and all that. But the business of medicine is very stressful. This is, um, I think I've said it before, the most stressful time has ever been in this country to be a physician. And a lot of physicians are shifting careers or retiring early because of government regulation, liability, electronic records, um, it's just, you know, decreasing reimbursement. It's a lot of stuff. But um, I was t- getting tired of the business of medicine. And probably around 2013, I started hearing about cannabis and reading about it. And, you know, in medical school, we're not taught that cannabis has any good <laughs> associated with this. We're taught that it's a drug. So, you know, I, I was just fascinated by that and wanted to know more. So I st- started turning from medicine that way toward medical cannabis and wanted to teach people and advocate for it and those kind of things. Wow. So you found about the, you found out about the cannabinoid system, like in real time, like a lot of other people did. Mm-hmm. Like I it did. wasn't something that was taught at Meharry or, or. Oh no, no. Mm-mm. That's crazy. No, it's, it's, there's a, like a survey, I think it came out in 2013, 2014, where um, they surveyed medical schools and only 13% of the medical schools even mentioned the endocannabinoid system, which is the system in our, our body that the plant acts with. Yeah. So it, we are, it came after, it was discovered after even I left school because it was discovered in the 90s pretty much. Now, do you feel like we're going to start seeing medical students um, actually be, be schooled on the endocannabinoid system? As eventually. Comes- e- eventually. Uh, the thing about medicine is that it takes about 15 years um, when something is discovered before it actually gets put into practice in, in a doctor's office. Okay. Like you see, a, you hear about a scientific article or whatever, it, it usually takes doctors about 15 years to start doing it. Okay, so we still actually got some time when it comes to cannabis. Well, you know, I hope it, don't, hope it doesn't take the whole 15 years now. <laughs> me, me too, because I asked that question because you're seeing law schools now start teaching. Like FAMU has a, has a marijuana law and policy program mm-hmm. going on because they want to keep up with what's going on. So I would think that, like we, we think about Meharry's and we think about some of those medical schools we see, see in the area, mm-hmm. you know, like why they're not catching up. But that makes, I guess it does make sense if it's from that perspective. Well, uh, yes. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm all willing to help teach uh, the medical students. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to call no names or no schools, but I'm, I'm available. Okay, so you did find out about the endocannabinoid system and, and its importance. Um, can you briefly explain for those who are, I'm pretty sure are novices who might be, just be listening to the show, what exactly is the endocannabinoid system and how it affects us? Well, the endocannabinoid system is present in every mammal, and humans are mammals. And it is a system that we're born with that helps us maintain balance and homeostasis. So it, 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 it not only keeps us in balance, but it protects us against cancer and um, autoimmune disease and mental disorders. It, it really interacts with the plant, but we also make our own cannabinoids. So it's like Cannabis has all these cannabinoids, which are biologically active molecules like THC and CBD. Um, we, our bodies, make some form of cannabinoids as well, but they're a little bit weaker, but they act like those in the plant. Okay. And so they, they help us with okay. um, you know, sleeping, moving, walking, helps protect us from pain, those kind of things. Yeah, something you should have known and you should be taught. And um, I was thinking when you left your practice, and I'm, I'm sure your peers were shocked that you were getting into what I guess was looking like a drug game. Yes, I would, <laughs> I would have to say that half of my um, colleagues were like, you want to do what? <laughs> and it was like, saying, did we not have enough trouble with crack cocaine? What, why are you mm. going to be going after crack cocaine? Marijuana It's like, you yeah. know, and then you have the other half that are saying, well, that's fascinating. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's it's still hard because the stigma of cannabis is still surrounding a lot of people. You know. Yes, I mean, we this our country. We have very short memories. Um, in this country, physicians used to prescribe medications with cannabis in it. Yeah. Uh, pharmaceutical companies used to make medicines with cannabis in it. Yeah. Um, Co- Coca-Cola used to have cocaine. Yeah. So, you know, we, th- I think it's a matter of just not knowing the history yeah. and then the um, brainwashing of the Nixon administration and, and before him as well, uh, the war on drugs and all that. Yeah. Well, how was it when um, – um, how hard do you feel like it is fighting f- for cannabis when the medical field itself is still dominated primarily by big pharma? That is – that is cannabis's – biggest enemy, mm. the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. And until we reform politics and get, get some of this money out of politics, because, you know, the, you used to think that the NRA was, the, I used to think the NRA was the most powerful lobby group. They spent about $5 million in 2017, but the pharmaceutical industry, industry spent about $270 million in, in 2017. They are the most powerful lobby in this country, followed by the insurance company. Mm. And they kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. you know. You know, mm-hmm. so so they, uh, yeah, they're the the biggest enemy of cannabis. Yeah, insurance you know? spends like 170 million. Okay, well, you've become a big advocate for MMJ on the local scene. Um, you know, I see you pop up on, I see you pop up everywhere. Like, I'm, you're everywhere, and I'm never there. To be completely, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. To be completely honest with you, I like I have to look on Instagram to come find her sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, like where's like where's Waldo? Um, <laughs> So you've been on the you've been at the state capitol, been on the in, on the scene to see a lot yes. of movement happening from the hemp bill to um H, to House Bill three um three uh HB three two four yes yeah um so what are your feelings on some of the changes we're seeing happening in Georgia currently when it comes to hemp and when it comes to patient access, growing cultivation? Like, how are you feeling about that? I am I'm I'm happy that we're getting a glimmer of being up to date, just a glimmer, but. It's really just a 
a fraction of what we should be doing. Okay. Um, and I've heard that criticism. From yes. Yeah. The, the hemp bill is a little bit better than it was initially. I, I, th- I want to say they only were going to do like three licenses or something like that. It's now up to a dozen, I believe. Okay. Congratulations. So they're at least, because we're trying to get the bill more open to regular people, not just people with lots of millions and millions of dollars. Um, I just left a town hall this evening and, and, and came here with um, uh, Dr. Elena Parent. She's the Georgia senator. And, um, oh, Elena Parent. And Representative Becky Evans. And, you know, we, we asked about the HOPE Act or House Bill 324, the medical cannabis, because I thought, I knew I already passed the House, so I said, well, surely the Senate has already voted on it. And, and then Senator Parent said, I'm not sure where that bill is. It, it hasn't even come up in the committee. I was like, what? And that's why I was laughing. <laughs> what? I, I wasn't laughing about Elena Parent, but I was laughing because of how I saw her looking one time when they was trying to, initially when they were having a conversation about the bill. And I was like, I don't think she fully knows what was, what's mm. happening, but she sure is here. You know, and that, that was, that it was, did entertain me. I was very surprised to hear that. It's like, it's, are they trying to make it better or are they just going to let it? Die. It's almost like the decrim bill to me, like the way you're explaining it. Because when Kwanzaa came and introduced the decrim, um, the decrim bill they had in the mm-hmm, city, mm-hmm. that was a big deal for about 48 hours. Then I'm like, what happened? You know, like, like, are we still doing this? Is, is it in place? Can somebody explain something to somebody? I, it's still in place, but the officer has the discretion of what law he uses. He can use, you know, Georgia state law. He can use Atlanta decrim law, or if he happens to be on a, a campus, he can use the college campus law. Nervous, yeah. Cause so, I'm, so that be careful about that. Don't think that you won't go to jail. And that's how I feel. Like I know this passed, but they have explained it none. And I feel like I'm, I'm actually even torn about whose fault is that? Is that our fault for not demanding more information, or is it their fault for just saying, "I we passed it, we good now"? Well, I would have to say that I, I must give um, Mayor Bottoms a, a head nod because she brought up that point when they were trying to decide it. She mm-hmm. did. She said, "I don't want a bunch of people to end up in jail because they think." That they won't get in trouble, they fire up a joint or whatever. Yeah. It's just you know, but so I was like, wow, she did bring up a good point. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah. Well, I, I want to see more conversation, you know. And I think you just brought up a good point about where we're going with the conversation part about it. We need to. I don't want to just keep getting hyped up about bills getting passed. Like I want to know exactly, not even just what's even written down. Like what's the conversation happening afterwards? Because it's mm-hmm. always going to have to be a day after. Like we're going to pass this bill and then what? You know, and then what happens the very next day? I want to know these conversations. Yeah, and the the thing about this bill is, it it, it doesn't really address social equity. There's a Can you going, talking about HB three two four. Yes, yeah. they're going to um, have an eleven person panel, or at least that was the initial plan who will help select who gets the licenses. And only two of those people are, are minority. Um, but we're like 38, 40% of the population. So yeah. it's not, the numbers are not really adding up. They're also banning people who are felons. Um, you know, and, you know, w- with social equity, you really want people to have their records expunged and they should be able to participate in this in this uh, field, but yeah. you know the sheriff. You know, who, let me tell you who runs down runs the capital. Oh, she about to say it. Because <laughs> I saw, <laughs> yo, look, because when I saw when I saw a bunch of go ahead, speak. It's, 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 it's it, the pharmaceutical industry, the religious right, and law enforcement. Them sheriffs got a big part, big part. I saw them, I saw them um, right before they did the vote have that have that press conference of them of their own, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's bold as hell. You know, to, to be doing, like making a stance like that. But yeah. 
I don't know. Like it's so it's it's just very nerve wracking to me because I do want to see progress happen. But you're right. You have three big forces standing in front of that, and they're not trying to budge. You know, in order for people to, like you say, have have real access as far as felons, you'd have to be able to to expunge their record. Mm-hmm. To expunge their record, that means just slapping in the face one of these three people. You mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying dead in the face, and they're not trying to get slapped in the face anymore. With by the yeah, face. I mean they they go. I mean they're very specific. Your dispensary cannot have employees with this kind of a record. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness, y'all are being really specific yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, and um, so that's crazy. But I do feel like we it's a start, and with everything that's a start, you feel like there's stuff you can add on. What I'm hoping is that we're going to continue to put the people in office who could actually add on something. Well, well, therein lies the problem. (laughs) The the, the thing that is, to me, the most important piece of legislation that is happening in Georgia is this voting machine situation. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, if you've been paying attention. Yes, Kemp Kemp has been suppressing the vote in this state his whole four years of being in office. Mm -hmm. And he's very intent on the state buying some more machines that are just like the ones we have, except there's a piece of paper with a barcode on it. It's just as easily hacked. There is no paper trail. And they can decide who wins the election, well, regardless of what you do. And you know that's why they fought so hard for, that, for him to actually win this, the, the, the governor race. I mean, he's terrible. I, I had a chance when I was doing um, um, grassroots um, canvassing to actually go to his office. You know, you have to drop off the voter registration forms in his office. And this is before he ran into the losing 40,000 voter forms situation. But I told people, if you went to his office back then and walk in there, it looked like a bomb hit it. Like, there was just papers everywhere. There was no, like, rhyme or reason to anything. Hmm. And I would think to myself, all right, so I'm dropping off myself personally a 1,000 forms right now. There's five other organizations right behind me. I don't know if y'all even paying attention to any of this, but I feel like I'm doing something. Come to find out, you lost forty thousand, quote unquote, lost forty thousand, yeah, right, forty thousand voter registration forms. And I also bring this up too: that should have been a fine of four hundred dollars per per form because I was part of a group that that misplaced two hundred forms, and they had to pay a fine of four hundred dollars per form for doing that. He didn't have to pay even a fine for that. Wow. Yeah, forty thousand times four hundred. He didn't even have to pay a fine for that. Wow. No, so yeah. it, it's. But he's our governor. Yeah, so I, you know, once upon a time, um, you know, media exposure and lawsuits would kind of keep politicians in line. Now, media doesn't matter. I mean, the whole country, the world was looking at Georgia yeah. and how they were suppressing the vote here, but they they still got away with it. So we can. Only thing I can hang my hat on now is to hope that the lawsuits that are trying to make their way through the court against the state of Georgia will create some change. Now, if you could add anything to the bill or make any changes your, yourself, what would it be? Um, definitely include home grow, the expungement piece, make sure that the people who get to select who gets the licenses actually reflect the diversity of the state. Yes. Make it a requirement that people pour some of these tax funds back into the communities that have been harmed the most uh, by the war on drugs. And those are some of the main things, yeah. And, 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 and they people don't, municipalities do not get access to the tax funds unless they are doing right by the law. Being compliant, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, well, if you're running for office, and that's, you know, I'd, I'd vote for you. Have you thought about <laughs> running for office? Well, uh, not really, because I don't have the patience for 
those shenanigans, I would probably want to strangle someone very easily. Yeah. <laughs> I would not. I don't, I don't think I have the patience for it. Well, like I, like I mentioned, you're always at the state capitol. You're always speaking to people about cannabis and, and being an amazing voice for, for the community. Thank you. Um, where do you see the, the, the community going? Where do you see the community going when it comes to cannabis and it comes to hemp? Like, what do you feel like the future of that in Georgia will be? Well, I think eventually more people will get access, but we really need any, any person of color with land we need you to start growing something because that's part of what they're going to be looking at. Do you, do you grow crops already? Do you use the property? Basically? Yes. Okay. Um, so that we really need to get more black farmers involved with using the resource that they have at their fingertips because hemp is going to be much bigger than can, uh, cannabis because you can do so many more things with hemp. Um, as more and more people come online with cannabis, the price of it is going to keep going down, down, down. So... Hemp is going to be really the money maker. I believe it. You know, I my my, my I have family who own a, a lot of property in in um, around here, and I I've mentioned that several times. Mm-hmm. Like, not only continue to grow, but you look towards what this could be. Right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you you talking about something that could could a plant that could be used in so many varieties and so many different ways on so many different industries. Yes. That, yeah. 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 Construction, cars, electronics. Um, it's, it's way more than CBD. Yeah, way more. When um, what would you, what would you want your legacy to be? What would you want to be remembered for? When you, as far as legacy, my whole thing is that people don't understand how much power they have over their health. And to me, my job is to teach you how much power you have over your health. And if I do that, I feel good. That's amazing. I thank you for coming on the show tonight. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. And that's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation, livehiphopdaily.tv, sponsored by Greenhouse Bliss.